Welcome to Query, where we provide simple answers to complex tech questions. My name is Stephen Hackett, and I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Serenity Caldwell. Hey, Ren. Hi, Stephen. How's it going? It is It is good. We are back. We are on our new fortnightly schedule, which feels good. We got some breathing room, uh, can, can tackle bigger questions, which I think is fun. Yes. Uh, and we got some good ones this week. Uh, we got a, a bunch of fun stuff to talk about. The first one is from Becca. And this is one of those questions that we got a bunch of. Becca gets the credit because she was first. That's how this works. Uh, <laughs> if, if you're first in the spreadsheet, that's, that's who wins. Uh, and this is a very a thing that's going on right now. Maybe you've seen it on Twitter. I know I have. I've seen it a ton. What's up with this weird error where the letter I is sometimes rendered as an A with a question mark? So you may see this uh, on in a tweet where it says, you know, like, uh, I am podcasting. But instead of I, it says a little question mark in a box, which just looks hilarious, uh, <laughs> and podcasting. It's very... When when this first started showing up, I guess over the weekend, I was like, "Oh man, some people are really bad at typing." And then I was like, "Oh, this is this is a thing." So, Serenity, what's what's going on here? Oh boy! So it looks as though some of Apple's autocorrect script may have gone awry, and it's essentially appending an invisible emoji character uh, to the letter I, um, which it's. It's called Variation Selector 16. Um, it's not actually supposed to show up anywhere. Uh, usually it's a, it's a basically an augmentation character, which lets the previous character take on emojis, emoji. Um, however, for whatever reason, uh, in iOS 11.1, it's decided to append itself to the letter I. So if you type it, instead it displays is some manner of a question mark uh, inside a box, which you'll often see um, before this bug came out. You'll see that in, for instance, if you're using new emoji that aren't available mm-hmm. in an older version of iOS, you would normally see like a question, that question mark with the box. Uh, but instead, we're getting the question mark with the box and then occasionally other characters as well. Uh, which is a little bit strange. Uh, so in general, what this the way that this is supposed to work is you type in characters and iOS automatically recognizes whether or not it has that character happens to have emoji variations, aka like skin color um, mm-hmm. or or hair color. Um, and instead, for whatever reason, uh, when iOS 11 got 11.1 got released, Apple looked at this and says, like, oh, right. Uh, so instead of, you know, just appending things to emojis, we're just going to append this this question mark appearance to, to all eyes. So uh, that is a thing. It's being fixed. Apple uh, has the plan to put it out in a future bug fix and has made a statement to that effect. So it won't be around forever. Um, and there are ways to fix it. Isn't that right, Stephen? Yeah, so so Apple has this document. Uh, iOS has a system of text replacement. So, for instance, you could I, I could type you know uh, sr and it fill out to Stephen at relay.fm, my my work email address. Uh, and I've got a couple of those for like email addresses and like uh, physical addresses. I really like this, especially if you have like a long street name. It's really nice. Something you want to get right. You don't want to typo that. That's a good idea. Um, it's a great idea. So those are in the keyboard settings on iOS, and so in the, it's in macOS as well. And Apple's basically saying, hey, if your phone or iPad or whatever has been affected by this, you can just set up a text replacement for the letter, letter I. So, 
for phrase, you would do uppercase I. And for shortcut type, a lowercase I. So it would it would basically guarantee that the I letter stay uh, an I, which is a, a very clever workaround. And I wish I had thought about it before I read this article because it's pretty smart. Um, so if you are experiencing this, and, and thankfully I have not come across this on any of my devices. I can't believe it. But if your phone starts doing this, this is a way that you can sort of, you know, make your sentences make sense until Apple fixes this. <laughs> I'm not seeing it in my typed correspondence, but I am seeing it on Twitter. So when I'm scrolling through Twitter, I'm seeing mystery boxes, Mm -hmm. which is a little, definitely was a little bit odd. Um, Surprise, surprise. I've been a tiny bit out of the loop in the last few weeks. I wonder why. Uh, So Mm -hmm. I actually, I came across this without realizing it was a thing. And I was just like, oh, this is weird. It's probably because I just installed 11.2 and it's it's probably a beta thing. And I didn't really think much of it. And then it became a huge kerfuffle. And uh, and then I got clued in on my, on my daily briefing. And I was like, oh, okay. So this is a bug. This is not just a beta bug. This is an actual bug. Yeah. And it's sort of made worse by the, the smarts behind autocorrect. So uh, I feel like... I've talked to some people who who have started experiencing this in the last like day or so, uh, where if your phone starts thinking this is the cor- a correct word or what it's supposed to do in autocorrect, then you were sort of sunk. But I've I have steered clear of this so far. It's it's sort of funny. It's it's something that's so nerdy like Unicode. The way this works, you know, if I send you a hedgehog emoji, which by the way is adorable. Can we just talk about the hedgehog <laughs> emoji for a second? The best addition this time around, I think. The hedgehog it's, emoji it's, makes my heart happy. It's so cute with his little nose. <laughs> adorable. So if I sent you the hedgehog uh, emoji, I'm not really sending you an emoji. I'm sending your device a string of text. Your your device says, oh, this is a hedgehog, and it displays the hedgehog. This, this is how, you know, if you're on an Android device, the emoji looks slightly different because it's, Unicode is basically just... Uh, a sort of sub-level system and then the, the operating system renders the right image. And this is part of stuff like no human, no human being should ever know about Unicode. This is something for no. web developers and, you know, uh, professional developers, like ner- nerdy people. And sometimes it just pops up. And that's what this this Variation Selector 16, this little character is supposed to be invisible all the time. And it's sort of gotten uh, Aaron and like run amok with power is how I think about this is that mm. this this little selector text is just like gone crazy and and he's going to get rained back in in the next update uh, his day in the sun will come to an end I want to apply hair colors to all of the characters <laughs> all of them <laughs> it's just something we don't see very often like we don't see Unicode go wrong anymore that was a big thing in the early web uh, I, I remember learning like web development in college in Dreamweaver uh, rest in peace. And and Unicode was something you had to worry about. You had to like make sure that your character set was right. But in 2017, it's not something that consumers should see. Apple's going to fix it. Until then, it's sort of funny. And I think it'll be funny for a long time. That, that Remember that time that variant, uh, Variation Selector 16 just uh, grabbed the reins and became visible? Schrodinger's hedgehog, essentially. Perfect. If you are like... Becca, and you have questions for us, you can use the hashtag AskQuery on Twitter and we will see it. We take all sorts of fun tech topic. We're Apple heavy this week because this is an Apple heavy news week. But uh, hit us up and uh, we will uh, we'll get to your question. We have lots of submissions. Uh, keep on sending them in. 
So I thought we could talk a little bit about the iPhone 10. We had a couple of questions sort of individually about, you know, what we thought about it. Um, you've been uh, out of the loop a little bit with some time off. I did video vlog review thing, but not, I haven't really written a review <laughs> at this point. So I thought maybe we could talk a little bit uh, about the advices we got and kind of uh, our thoughts. So I ended up with a silver one. I think we talked about my <laughs> my uneasiness about picking uh, a color and I let it, let fate <laughs> decide. So the app store on my iPhone came up first. That meant I got a silver phone. I'm super happy with that decision. I've seen the space gray now uh, and spent some time with it. And I like the silver a little bit better. Uh, but got 256 gig, which is incredible. I have all my music and all my photos on it. It's really nice. Uh, what did you end up with? I actually, I ended up with a 256 gigabyte uh, space gray iPhone 10, which is funny because I could have sworn I ordered the silver one at my checkout. <laughs> so when the when the box arrived and I opened it, I was a little bit like, wait, what? Did they give me the wrong phone? It's uh, that 3 a.m. 3 a.m. Yep. ordering get you. <laughs> yep, it's true. You know what? Well, it uh, it showed up as available for pickup on November 3rd. So uh, so yeah, I ended up getting the the large variety because I do shoot a lot of pictures and I just liked having the space mm-hmm. for for apps and the like. Um, and I, you know what, Stephen, I tend to agree with you on the silver. I actually think the silver is going to be the color to get for this generation of phone. Uh, the space gray still looks great. I'm I'm happy with my purchase. It is a beautiful monolithic slab of black. Uh, but at the same time, there's a little bit of me that's that's craving the OG iPhone look, I gotta admit. It it feels very sort of classic Apple. You know, it feels like an iPod, right? Like the white yeah. and the stainless steel. Now it's super shiny and stainless steel, um, I know this because I'm a stainless steel watch owner. Stainless steel will get nicked up and scratched over time. And I think stainless so still quickly. ages really nicely. I think this phone is going to look awesome in a year when it's sort of broken in some more. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm really, I'm really happy with the, uh, with the silver and it's, it's the biggest phone I've ever had. And it's nice. I just don't have to worry about storage. I shot a ton of video this weekend and it was just great. Didn't have to worry about anything. Um, but it's a big departure, right? I, uh, oh, I yeah. had a plus phone for three years. This phone is smaller, Um, And I'm curious kind of what you think about coming to the size and sort of the new form factor. Well, um, I really don't have a lot to say about it other than it was an amazing decision and I'm glad that the phone exists. Uh, I got my iPhone X literally the day uh, that I went to Roller Derby World Championships and Rick actually brought me the phone from standing in line at the Apple Store. Uh, so I almost immediately basically switched over from having my my 8 Plus in my pocket to an iPhone 10 in my pocket without a case, mind you, which I was terrified of doing because I'm like, well, I'm running around and I have games and like it's roller derbies. So God knows this is going to fly out of my pocket and bad things are going to happen. Uh, and I almost immediately realized, oh, wait, I can hold this thing without a case because it doesn't feel like I'm holding a tiny sun in my hands. Like Mm -hmm. it's now it is now the right size for my hand. Uh, It's still, you know, it's still a little long for uh, thumb to thumb use. It's not quite an iPhone SE, um, but the reachability gesture mostly takes care of that. And I find I'm actually using it a lot more on the iPhone 10 than I ever was on the iPhone 8 plus there was something about reachability, you know, with the double tap for the home button that I just wasn't like I just wasn't using regularly. Mm. Uh, so it's nice to actually like I feel like I'm it's been incorporated into my daily workflow much more. 
Um, but in general, like the form factor and the, the design and everything else, I not only was I using it just kind of wandering around um, and, you know, for regular things, for texting and the like, uh, but I had also pitched uh, the WFTDA, who is, of course, the, the leaders of the sport and who run championships. I'd pitched them on being like, all right, can I get some media credentials so that I can shoot this, you know, pretty high caliber sport with an iPhone 10? Because I'm, I'm honestly curious. I'm like, what is the slow-mo going to do? What are the pictures going to do? What is all of this going to look like? Um, and I shot all of like I shot a weekend's worth of stuff without a case on, without any special paraphernalia, because obviously there, there are no all-o-clip lenses yet for the iPhone X. Right. Um, and I came away very pleasantly surprised with how nice this phone is to work with. Um, it is, it is like the A Plus and the 8 are impressive pieces of technology in a small package. The iPhone X, I like, even my complaints, and like I have a couple, but like even my complaints are under the surface for just how much I love using this phone and like how, I don't know, it just, this is the phone I've been wanting to use for three years. And now that it's here, I'm kind of a little shocked that it's here, uh, that I can actually use it. And it's not just like in my wish list of, oh, wouldn't this be nice? Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, the form vector is really nice. I'm using it without a case. Uh, I definitely bought Apple Care Plus because it's extremely expensive <laughs> if you break one of these things. Like $249. Oh, God. <laughs> and if you break the back, it's even more. It's it's quite expensive, but I like the form factor. You know, coming from a Plus, the narrower size is, is nice. It's more compact. Uh, I'm struggling a little bit with the keyboard, with the width of it, but I think I'll get there. Mm. It's already better than it was uh, when I first set the phone over the weekend. So uh, I, I like the, the look. It, it feels... Like it's in line with where what Apple has been doing with the iPhone for a long time, but feels sort of next generation, which is uh, which is nice. Yeah, you know, on the on the keyboard note, can I say one thing I do really like and one thing I don't really like about that keyboard? Um, yeah, I love the fact that the dictation button is out of the way of the regular keyboard now, uh, because I yes. use it so much and that it's so much nicer to tap it and use it. Um, what I am not thrilled about is all that empty space and i know it exists so that when you're flicking you know to close an application you don't accidentally type 10 million words into a box before you flick it closed um but it still looks weird like i just want them i don't know bring back skeuomorphic or something to make that bottom look interesting because right now it just looks uh, kind of dead inside and that's uh that's kind of disappointing honestly but otherwise, hmm. I love that dictation button. That dictation button makes me so happy. Yeah, I saw there's some some stuff floating around, you know, people sort of imagining that Apple could put like an emoji picker down there like they do on the touch bar on the Mac so you can kind of see your most recent ones. Mm. Uh, I'm sure they tried all that. It's pretty far down. And the way I hold the phone, uh, those buttons are pretty out of the way. So I would be fine with something being down there and I could just kind of get to it when I needed it. Um but it's it's easy to understand why the keyboard doesn't go all the way to the bottom because the keyboard is sort of in line with where it used to be when there was a chin down there with a home button. So they kept it elevated. So you, I think typing at the very bottom of the device would be uncomfortable and kind of dangerous. If you're walking around the phone, it sort of flips out of your hand. So I see why they did it uh, for sure. Yeah, I agree completely. Yeah, and that home button being gone means, of course, there's no 
uh, touch ID. So it's all face ID. It's using the camera and the, the depth sensor and all that stuff in the front. Uh, it's all behind that notch in the display. Uh, for me, at least in my experience, it's been really rock solid. I've had very few uh, sort of false you know, where it doesn't recognize me. Uh, the couple times that it struggled, then I realized that I have my hand, you know, over my face or uh, <laughs> it, it is, I said this on, on Connected yesterday, it wants to be in, in portrait orientation with you. So if you're standing up, the phone wants to be upright. If you're laying down on your side, the phone wants to be on its side. It wants to be mm-hmm. oriented the way you are. I ran into that when I was filming this weekend. I went to go unlock it when it was in a a glyph, which is this uh, really nice like tripod mount for an iPhone. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't unlock the face ID because it was turned nine degrees for me. I don't really know why that is. Uh, it's not a big deal. Like you just, you just get used to it. Um, but it, it works in pitch black. I've used it in the middle of the night in a dark bedroom. It, you know, it doesn't, uh, it doesn't struggle there at all. I've been, I've been real impressed. Yeah. Same. Um, I put it kind of very much through its paces this weekend uh, if you saw my, my thing on Twitter where I was just like, here are the various ways that I've tested face ID and I've, I've tested face ID in a helmet. I've tested face ID with a scarf and a hat, um, in a dark nightclub, which was especially interesting under a bridge outdoors in Philly in the car before I've started it, obviously. Um, I, I've done like a, a wide variety of different places testing Face ID and how Face ID works. And I like now that I've used it, I sort of understand the complaints of, oh, well, it's it's slow. But I actually really love the the animation and I'm kind of okay with it not being so blisteringly fast because I've never like I've never run into an issue where I go to swipe up from the bottom and face ID just hasn't worked for me right unless I'm Mm -hmm. holding the phone in a weird way where it can't scan my face Um, and worst case you know if it fails the first time I can usually turn it back on and rescan it'll work just fine I think I've only Mm -hmm. really I ran into problems a couple times and I'm, I'm curious as to what you think about this too is when I was shooting, so when I was shooting WFTDA championships and taking photos, um, the screen sometimes stays on even when I'm not, you know, I'm not sh- looking directly at it. And there were definitely times where I would keep the screen on and I'd throw it in my pocket um, and then the camera would just get wicked confused and try and scan a shadow or something so that when mm. I pulled my phone back out, it, was, it would just be like, face ID not recognized, please enter your passcode. Um, so that's my only like little niggle there, but the otherwise it's so not, it's so flawless. Like I, I just, I got rid of the, the feeling of having to use touch ID almost instantly. I love the multi-touch interactions. I love swiping between apps. It feels supernatural and very, very web OS, um, which I also, I love cause I used to, the, mm-hmm. the web OS phones are really something special. Uh, so yeah, to, they, they to have were. all of that. Yeah, for sure. So to have all of that, um, that made me really excited and very, uh, very warm towards the phone. And then that combined with the fact, I know Renee was mentioning this, and it really struck me again this weekend that Face ID has become much more integral to how you authenticate uh, for security things. So it's not just unlocking your phone, but it's also gaining access to your passwords and auto-filling any passwords. So this, so now it won't auto-fill passwords uh, by default if you've been to that website before. Uh, it'll fill in the username and then it'll prompt you for that password. 
um, just like you would if you were switching, for instance, from to a different username and password. So seeing that was really, I don't know, it just, it makes me very happy and hopeful that Apple is going down the right path when it comes to security. Mm-hmm. And what's what's nice about it is it's so integrated. So I use one password for my password management and it if I hit the extension in Safari, it slides up. I'm already looking at the phone. I just sit there. I just do what I do and it authenticates quickly and then I can pick my password. So it's not it's not breaking the flow where I've got to reshuffle the phone and hit the home button. Yes. Or like it's just I'm I'm just using it and it says, Oh, it's 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 not even like it's authenticating, but it's sort of I mean that is what it's doing. But it feels like it's just double checking, like, oh right, you're still here, we're good to go. And I didn't realize that the touch ID break, you know, of like, okay, move my finger, do it back. Um, that was frustrating until it was gone. It's like, oh right, this is really like really seamless and the way Apple did it. So apps don't have to update to use touch ID. Yeah. Now they will update to like to like new language and maybe new little little text strings and images and stuff. But like my banking app is terrible. They will update it eventually. <laughs> like it was one of those apps that took like a year to get the six and six plus sizes. Uh, it's just really bad. But uh, today I logged into it and it says, hey, do you want to use Face ID? And I said, yes. And it just uses it because Apple basically allows Touch ID or Face ID to be used um, basically automatically depending on what's present on the phone. And yeah, that's great. It, it means it means I'm not waiting around for you know my little credit union to pay their developer to update it. Yeah, I'm I'm really impressed with that and how simple it really feels to use. Honestly, you know, again, I've been... I've been authenticating quite a lot, and especially you probably have run into this as well. When you're starting up a new phone, um, even if you restore it from backup, there are a lot of uh, apps that you have to re-log into at this point. So I had, you know, Hulu and Netflix and the CW and Twitter and TweetBot, you know, all of these things. Uh, and to have Face ID to auto-authorize that, it just, it felt really relaxing. And uh, it... I think the best compliment I can give this phone is it feels as easy as using it without a passcode, uh, which is not something I expected to say. Yeah, I agree. I, I had some concerns and uh, a little trepidation going into it, and they've they've won me over. So that's a big thumbs up from the query crew, I guess. Agreed. All right. That brings us to the speed run. We're going to start with John. Uh, John asks, I'm debating between the 8 Plus and the iPhone 10 as an upgrade from my iPhone 6S. Uh, he's particularly interested in the dual camera systems uh, and wants to know the differences between the two phones and if those differences like really matter in the real world, which I think is a, an interesting second question. It's a, it's a very interesting second question. So I would say, John, if you plan to shoot low light in any sort of regular capacity the iPhone 10 is the phone that you want. Um, partially, that's the OIS, the optical image stabilization on the telephoto lens. Partially, it's that the telephoto has been slightly refactored, so it's a little bit smaller um, and more of a, a traditional portrait size than the previous generations. Um, but the, the big thing, of course, is the aperture drop. So on the telephoto lenses on the 7 Plus and 8 Plus, it's an f2.8 aperture. Um, which is which for folks who aren't super into camera technology, that's just or terminology. That's uh, how wide the the lens shutter is. Basically, how much light can go on the sensor at any one point. 
Um, so an f2.4 allows more light, essentially, so that um, you can get better exposure at lower light levels. Um, and in this, again, I've only been doing it preliminarily. I've had the phone since Friday, so that's kind of where my testing is. Uh, but in the low light tests that I've taken, I've noticed a stark difference um, in taking photos without flash of subjects. Um, so then that's not just, you know, that's not just people, that's food, that's evening objects. I was taking some fun, uh, some fun evening photos, which I put on my Instagram, um, that involve, that are all portraits or portrait selfies. Um, and that's, I think another thing to mention is if you take any kind of selfies or if you're going on a vacation, by God, get the iPhone 10. Cause it's, we've only been in Quebec for our honeymoon one day. Um, and I've, I think we already have something like 50 selfies on this camera and neither yeah. of us are really like huge selfie people, but <laughs> the, the portrait selfies look so good. They look so much like normal, like high quality photos that those are actually, I've been relying on those rather than trying to set up my, my little baby tripod and stick the iPhone 10 on that and take like a normal portrait lighting photo. Cause it's, it's. I'm very, very impressed. Um, and I think the final thing to note about the iPhone 10 is just the size does make a difference. Um, yeah, I mean, the, not only is the screen bigger, but just having a smaller camera to carry around is always nice because you don't have the extra bulk. Um, but the thing about the iPhone 10 that was never true with the 8 Plus or the 7 Plus is that I can fit the iPhone 10 in my back pocket. Uh, so I have it much more uh, quickly at my disposal if I want to take a quick photo, uh, and that's a that's a pretty big deal, you know. If you if you can't carry a seven plus or an eight plus in your pockets because it's just too big, then you risk you know you you risk uh, missing out on some really really cool moments. Um, now it's not perfect. I will just really quickly. This is, sort of extending the definition of speed run here, but really quickly, I do want to mention, <laughs> I have run into some focusing issues on the telephoto. And largely, I think that just has to do with when you're in low light, it sometimes has a lot more trouble trying to figure out the depth map. Uh, so for instance, I started shooting uh, roller derby with the portrait mode. Uh, and I ended up switching back to regular telephoto because it was taking too long to kind of analyze the scene and create the depth mm -hmm. map. And I, at the end of the day, I decided, well, most of the background is going to be blurry anyway because it's moving sports photography. I don't need the extra, you know, fancy thing. Um, but that's yeah. really the only thing that I've run into. Yeah, I've seen a little bit of that. And I think, I think John, if you're, if you're still looking at this, I think I agree. The 10 is the way to go. Especially if you, if you don't upgrade every year, you know, if you're on an older phone, the that aperture difference is really nice. Uh, it also makes for even when you're not in portrait mode, you'll get better background separation oh, uh, yeah. with a wider with a wider aperture. So I think I think it's the way to go. I've been really impressed. I shot. Um, I'll put those the video links in the show notes of things I did this weekend. Almost all of that video while driving, uh, which my wife shot most of, is done on the telephoto lens, and it is way smoother than it would have been without the optical image stabilization that that really works some magic in certain circumstances. And so it's, it's worth, I think it's worth the, um, worth the extra, uh, bucks to, to upgrade all the way to the 10. Oh yeah, for sure. And I actually, I just put together a, um, 
I just put together a compilation of the roller derby footage I shot, and that was all slow mo, 240 frames per second on the telephoto. So not just you know bright light with the in the arena, but I actually shot telephoto, 240 frames slow motion in a gay nightclub with flashing lights and smoke <laughs> and all kinds of things, and that is one of the coolest pieces of video I think I've ever shot. Just by like I didn't have to do anything; I literally just had to show up and press record. Uh, yeah. so and that's yeah. what you want you don't wanna, you don't have to think about it exactly iphone 10 is pretty great okay so steven i have a question for you um andy asks can the apple watch series one stream apple music or icloud music library over wi-fi with watch os 4.1 or is it only uh an app or limited to the series three so it it seems to be limited only to the the series three uh, but you do have some options. So you, with any any uh, generation Apple Watch, you can sync music from the music app, including music from Apple Music. Uh, you can so you can sync a playlist. Um, now you can even like sync an album over. So if you just want an album that's not in a playlist, you can do that. You can pull in your uh, different mixes, uh, and all that basically syncs the files over to the watch. Uh, I would say the best time to do this, if you want to do it, is in the evenings, like when everything's on the charger, because it takes a little while. Um, so you can still have music yep. locally on your watch, but the streaming is reserved only for the for the Series Three, and I assume that has to do with power and the CPU availability to do that. So, um, but you can still totally have music on an older watch. You just don't get the the nicety of streaming it. All right, last one. Uh, last one here. Uh, I this is for me. I noticed um, a photo. I think Jason had taken at mm-hmm. your at your wedding, and I I, I swear there was an iPhone <laughs> on a tripod uh, recording everything. So I was curious how you incorporated the tech that you use every day at work and your personal life. Uh, how did that sort of get integrated into like the wedding planning and and the big day itself? Oh man, that's a great question. Uh, so well to start off. Uh, pretty much everything that I made for the wedding, and who boy, did I make a lot of it. Uh, that was all done on iPad Pro and on my MacBook Pro. So um, inside the wedding, we did 5 by 7 postcards of fictional space planets that you could visit. And all of that had been drawn on iPad Pro, um, all the ones that I did. I had some guest artists as well. Um, I worked on a seating chart and the like in Google, in, uh, in docs and sheets. And I had this master, like terrifying spreadsheet of all the to do's also in sheets. Um, and when it came time to actually doing the sort of the day of stuff, there were some specific things like the, uh, you saw the, the iPhone and the tripod. Uh, so we decided instead of paying for a videographer, uh, you know, for us, the photo, the photography was the most important thing. So we're like, well, we have a perfectly good 4k camera here. We're just gonna pop it on my tripod and use a glyph actually, uh, to record the ceremony. So we had a friend <laughs> of ours monitoring that camera and they put it in, they put it in the aisle during the ceremony and then immediately removed it after so that you could still, you know, march down the aisle and it wasn't standing there like an awkward albatross, um, we had the iPhone, uh, my iPhone, actually, my iPhone 8 Plus hooked into the uh, to the ceremony locations audio visual system. So we were able to play some pre music um, that my mother actually and one of my bridesmaids had recorded. They're both 
very competent musicians. So I was able to, you know, play these MP3s and that was really cool. Um, I did not wear my Apple Watch. That was a point of contention among Twitter when I, I asked that question a few months ago. Uh, instead, I did have it. Um, I gave it to a friend of mine to, to wear and keep track of, and it was also very useful. We had timers set, so uh, it allowed us to be like, all right, you really have to be done with this by this point, mm-hmm. um, or else bad things will happen. Um, and then finally, uh, it's we actually built tech into the website, into the, the ceremony. Like we had a sort of a couple hours in between the ceremony and the reception. So, uh, it was my bright slash terrible idea to be like, well, what if we made an internet based runaround puzzle? <laughs> so I wrote, uh, this rhyming couplet, uh, scavenger hunt essentially that took people all around the park where we got married. Uh, but they had to use a website, uh, to, to get those clues and awesome. find out where they were going. And then they also had to use the website to input the answer to the, to the runaround. So it was, it was a, a very fun, like silly thing to do that, you know, the Saturday before the wedding, I was sitting and being like, what did I sign myself up for? <laughs> uh, I've like finished it the day of the wedding, but, uh, the, no, it, it seemed to, to have a blast. And then of course we had, um, I had a DSLR set up for a photo booth, um, and, we went actually very low tech in some ways in that we uh, put disposable cameras on all the tables to tie into the like space adventurer theme, which of course all of the children ended up taking um, and also ended up complaining about because they didn't understand that disposable cameras only have 24 shots on them. So they would get to the end of the roll and they'd be like, you know, mom, where's the, like, where's the, the preview screen? Like, why can't I <laughs> yeah. click the button? It's not working. <laughs> My favorite is uh, my cousin came up to her mom and said, Mom, it's crashed. Reboot it. <laughs> oh, man. That's like, That's oh, awesome. Yeah, oh, we've, we've oh, truly crossed the, crossed the barrier here. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, there was a, there was a ton of it, a ton of tech, um, as, it, as it should have been. Sadly, neither Renee or I had the iPhone ten at that point, so we couldn't do what I really wanted to do, was, which was Animoji vows. Uh, but we might do that <laughs> after the fact, just for fun. Yeah, you, you may renew them at some point. They'll be they'll be ready yeah. for you. <laughs> oh my god, maybe it was a good thing not to have an emoji mouse. <laughs> you, you don't want to use the 1.0 of Apple software sometimes. Yeah, yeah. It's just gonna <laughs> put to shame in five years. You're gonna be like, oh my god, you were. Yeah. What was that an emoji? A poop? Right. <laughs> yeah, remember so when that was so unrealistic. Uh, oh, mm, I don't, that one doesn't need to be any more realistic. Okay, that that brings us to the end of the show this time. <laughs> I think we're done. Yeah, uh, wrapping it up. You can find you can find show notes this week, stuff we've talked about at relay.fm slash query slash 17. You can find uh, all sorts of stuff there on the website. There's links to send us an email. You, of course, can find us uh, on Twitter. Serenity is at Saturn, S-E-T-T-E-R-N. And you can find her writing at imore dot com m i s m h on twitter and write five twelve pixels dot net until our next fortnight serenity say goodbye goodbye Stephen adios. <laughs>